From the high desert in Far East West Texas, this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Hi, I'm Robert Seidman and back on the podcast by popular demand. I think it's his fourth or fifth time on the pod, uh, but it's been a while. It's Ad Age's Anthony Krupe. Anthony, welcome back to the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with sports TV ratings. Robert, thanks for having me as always. Uh, Usually this is the time where I make a pithy observation about how I'm the Marv Albert of the show, but that seems kind of used up. Um, <laughs> I should have brought something new, new season, uh, <laughs> new, new season. What, what, is this, what have we learned about the new season? Uh, one thing I think we've learned is that the anticipation of football is very often better than the actual football. Yep. Uh, unless, you're Jets, unless you're a Jets fan. Yeah. That was surprising. Uh, I I didn't yet actually see the second game. I went to bed, uh, which is weird because usually, you know, I sort of stay up for the whole thing. And uh, I I couldn't get over how how weird it was to watch New York just just pound Detroit like that at home. Dominated. Um, and Stafford Stafford looked awful. Stafford looked like a rookie. You know, he looked he he looked like Sam Darnold, you know. He it just could not get over he does he just couldn't seem to read the defenses is 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 my obviously pedestrian take. I just uh, I mean unless you're looking at Roethlisberger, I don't know you could say who had a, a worse opening uh day for for a veteran quarterback and Roethlisberger has the excuse of, you know, it, it being a torrential downpour. Yeah, but he but, he did he looked awful. He did look awful. But so, uh, we, this is a rare thing. Not, not to, I, I hate this, uh, I hate the, this phrase more than anything, the open the kimono, because it's, ugh. but, but they just used it. Uh, we, we usually, we have a, have a good sense of what we're going to gab about. Um, and we didn't, we didn't do anything ahead of time. Actually, so I, I did. Feels, I did. Oh, Oh well, so, you didn't tell me. Oh uh, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. So, see, I'm I'm a, I'm a sneaky host because I figured you would be Good. better uh, if you just you're just coming fresh. So we'll, we'll talk plenty about the NFL ratings, uh, but but sure. but before diving into the uh, to the NFL ratings, you recently wrote an article on the Alliance of American Football, which I think and and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of take this not seriously, but I think a lot of people are actually uh, taking it seriously and are certainly very interested in it. Um, but one one thing, and like you know, I'm just I'm kind of an outsider, and I you know I don't have a lot of exposure to a lot of these people. Um, but one thing that seems very clear to me is a lot of people are extremely charmed by Charlie Ebersol, and the thing that's not exactly clear to me is why. Why are people so charmed with Charlie Ebersol? You you know what it is that that's such a good question too because. Um... I, one of the things you have to fight against all the time is cult personality. I mean, one of the things with CBS is everybody liked talking to Moonves because Moonves was a great quote, and it, right. and it was like talking to, you know, a, a little attack dog. You know, he he when when the the CBS NBC feud was really at its peak, the stuff you could get him to say oh. about Jeff Zucker was was amazing. So you. You you got to defend against that kind of stuff. You know, where you just like people too much. Like everybody likes John Landgraf at FX. Exactly. There's people like gee, you 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 like them because they're articulate and because they have a lot of passion for the business. And I think with Charlie, it's because and I felt like I was being, 
I, I was in danger of being hoodwinked at every turn. <laughs> like he's so good. He studies the books that he pitches. Uh, he knows exactly what I want to hear from him. So I tried to throw him a top spin, and I said, really, the only thing I was interested in is my thesis was, let's look at this as a startup, like a Silicon uh, Valley startup, less than a football league. And, you know, what can you tell me about that? Because my theory going in was that the only reason they're coming out when they are and giving themselves such a short lead time is because, one, there's the, the fact that XFL announced before them and two, they saw the gambling slash gaming yep. stuff written in huge letters on the wall. Yep. So he was able to pivot and get, while we're talking, and he totally admitted, like, no, this is exactly what the, the, the tech part is probably the most important part. Obviously, there's got to be a great football product on the field or people will tune out and never come back. Right. So they've got to get a huge number from the get, the the. the benefit, of course, is that they're going to be on CBS, the broadcast network, the week after the Super Bowl. Yep. They really came, everybody was really and, and, about and whether... And CBS has the Super Bowl this year. Yes. And and they, everybody was really cagey about, you know, whether they were going to get a 30-second spot or even a 15. I'm assuming if I'm CBS, I can find, you know, if I've got room for two minutes of NFL spots and, uh, you know... <laughs> 17 minutes of, I was going to say Kevin James, but he's not on the network anymore. But, you know, Magnum, P.I., Murphy Brown. Uh, I can find 15 seconds and 30 seconds for this new thing. Um, but uh, he was able to keep coming back and saying, but what I think what you're, you, you really want to know in terms of what the media buyers are thinking about, and they, then he just kind of would curve back into my zone. And that's that is char- it's charming because I guess uh, we get so many pitches from people who have no idea. You know, uh, the, the, it usually it has nothing to do with advertising, television, or really anything I'm interested in right. at all. And uh, yeah, I have a form letter basically that I send out at this point saying, you know, thanks for reaching out. Here's what I'm interested in. And I has stopped sending that out a long time ago because now I just go doop delete uh, because I just don't have time anymore. And it just it, it kind of makes me mad because it's like, come on, do your homework. You can't don't just you get it with a lot of the big uh, PR agencies where they just shotgun everything. And so you know you get somebody who's it's their first job out of college and you know they don't know any better and it's just somebody upstairs is telling them to do this. So you know you don't get mad at anybody like that, but at the same time it's like, yeah, you're wasting my time. I'm not interested in this. So this guy knows what you're interested in. He also is, you know, he's he's a chip off the old block. He he he's got a, a certain kind of uh, certain kind of stuff that he's inherited from his dad, and he he also has a lot of anecdotes, which of course we you know we love. Um, in person, he's not, you know, he's not somebody you would necessarily John Ham all over, uh, whatever that means. Uh, but <laughs> he he knows his stuff, and and to me that was like a big thing. But but you, you know, it's I'm I'm so glad you asked that because I was through, I was halfway through the thing and I was like, oh, am I getting am I getting rooked here? Um, <laughs> well, so, but I don't so think so. What what you are know? your what are your thoughts? I mean, so really, I mean, that, so. Um, 
the, the task they have is pretty big, right? I mean, so they, mm-hmm. they've got to mm-hmm. put a product on the field in five months, less than five yeah. months. And uh, yeah. I know they signed, you know, they've signed a few hundred players and, 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 uh, the, you know, there, there has been movement, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you think the likelihood is, uh, you know, of them actually having a viable product on the field, uh, you know, five months from now? Uh, it's, I, I, I don't even know how I'd handicap that. I, I, I guess the biggest thing they have going for them is that strategy where they're trying to place players based on the college they attended right, right. in their own markets, which I think is kind of brilliant, really. Um, and, uh, well, that so, was, that was know, like the, uh, the success of the, uh, of the, uh, I think it was the Jacksonville, Ville USFL team back in the eighties was, it was stocked yeah. with the Florida, Florida college players. Mm-hmm. And of course the USFL put out a really compelling product, uh, off the bat and then some uh, let, let, let me uh, let me throw in a pitch for uh jeff perlman's book he he was on my podcast a couple oh, of weeks ago yeah. and his his book uh a football for a buck uh it was released on tuesday and uh, it's all about the usfl and uh, uh jeff is a great storyteller and i i highly recommend uh particularly if you're interested in the uh in the history of the usfl and and maybe a little bit of uh of an early look at donald trump uh, you'll want to get Jeff's book. Okay, Kruppi, sorry to interrupt you. With, I with, with I, uh, I just picked it up. Yeah, I just picked it up from the the Strand, so it's on my uh, my big pile of of fall to do stuff. Nice. Uh, possibly possibly to read during one of these Sundays where you know <laughs> it's, maybe uh, things uh, thir- aren't thir- going thir- so well. Thirty four to three in in all the uh, afternoon windows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to reading that though, because I, I did a sidebar for the, the feature about some of the, uh, failed leagues that had come before. And just so that I would have an excuse to write about the world football league, which oh, yeah. most people probably don't even remember. You have to be of a certain age, I think. And I remember first kind of like, it, it, it flickered in my consciousness because I think, I think it was Zonka and Mercury Morris were on the cover yep. of Sports Illustrated, which would have been what seventy four, uh, maybe seventy five. So, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. So I was a kid, but I had never heard of it. We certainly, you know, nobody in my house was watching that stuff. So I, I was sort of intrigued. It's like, wow, if they could drag these players away. And then I started looking at the history, and it was just like, good lord, <laughs> you know, like. Owners getting arrested for cocaine distribution, and uh, the team that won the only uh, World Bowl—I think that was Birmingham too—they uh, were so in arrears to the tax man that they seized the uniforms immediately after the game. So yeah. the champagne, or the you know the small C champagne, was spraying around the locker room, and these sheriff's deputies are coming around like grimly picking up the jerseys and stuff. And then, of course. To give you an, a sense of the editorial process, uh, I was forced to write about the lingerie football league, which made me so mad that it, it caused all sorts of trouble. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough job, Kruppi, but uh, it, you know, they, they yeah. do pay you. They still pay you, man. They still pay, so I can't complain about that. I can complain about everything else, though. <laughs> um, but I won't hear, because nobody's tuning in to hear me carp. 
about things. Uh, so, I, I, so you know what? I want to hear you carp about something. So I'm going to get you to weigh in okay. on something that's that's uh, that you you I'm sure haven't even thought of. But I, I'm just curious to get your take. You know, your first impressions on it. So uh, my boy uh, Ryan Glassbeagle at the big lead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in light of uh, in light of all the Moonvest stuff at CBS, he's already like speculating like what happens to the SEC at CBS. And um, what was really interesting to me about the way that that Ryan and some of the others that I've seen too go about it is is uh, not not once in Ryan's piece was uh, Sean McManus mentioned. And uh, speaking of chips off the old block, I mean Sean McManus is a really interesting character, and uh, I think he's a like a really really like particularly relative to, to to some of the field, a really strong leader of a sports division. And you know I'm I'm wondering like how how all that stuff can go down and like people people don't even think about hey sean mcmanus is out there you could maybe even actually talk to him and ask him what he's thinking about yeah i i didn't read that piece but i i did see your tweet about it and um you know i i think it's i think it was as curious as as you you did uh because that's the that's a, there's a certain mindset when you're when you're taking on stories like this and we've been asked to do this and i i just don't I don't understand the value of doing this kind of like precursory forensics where here's my take. Well, who cares about your take? You don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I sincerely doubt, like as much as I think, you know, the guys in the C-suite will probably disappear. And I don't know about Joanne Ross, you know, our our buddy Iran uh, talked to her, I guess, uh, on stage the other day. And we were kind of going, but yeah. And we were kind of going back and forth on that. And, uh, you know, I, I, on the one hand, she tweeted her support and people were like, ooh, bad look, but it's, it's your boss, you know, and she came up with this guy and, you know, what else are you going to say? Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who can Monday morning quarterback that, but it, I, I know her fairly well and, and she is not somebody who, uh, takes an awful lot of shit from anybody. So, you know, she's a Brooklyn lady uh so i don't uh i don't know what what she's gonna do and i don't you know i don't think it does me any good to call a bunch of media buyers who don't know any better and say you know what are they gonna you know if i got some friends on, on the phone and they said well she's been talking about this but i also don't think there's any value to that because one it's not really any of my business which probably makes me an awful reporter but i just the personal stuff like that i you know, if her contract's through 2019, it's through 2019. I don't. Sean's not going anywhere. That's uh, right. And I don't. I don't think the sports division. You know, it's it's kind of like. Well, there's there's never we. I can't think of another instance where something like this has happened where, you know, the CEO is just suddenly out, and the corporate culture is 99.9 percent less Moonves. Uh, to the point where the lieutenants are, are, are less guys. And, you know, didn't Nina Tassler leave early because she saw the writing on the wall or if she was. Uh, so certainly her, t- her timing was good. Even if you yep. just take it from a broadcast TV perspective, exactly. uh, her, her timing but, was very good. But in terms of sports, and this is the, one of the things that John and I were talking about is I don't think, I don't think any of their rights deals are going to be impacted by this because you're still looking at the only things that draw a mass audience, which is what CBS 
excels at still. Yeah. Um, although the last two years they've had the biggest ratings decline, so it seems like the bug is. But they, 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 yeah, too. but they they had they had the furthest to fall too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's not like they're ABC or Fox. At that, this that, point, that's which, that's all know, I meant. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and Fox, which is going to the point where they're like, you know what, it's going to be all sports from here on out. I don't care what anybody in the programming suite says. They're not telling you the truth. There's going to be the Simpsons and a couple Sunday things, and it's going to be all sports from here on out because yep. why bother anymore? You know, all your shows are doing in no way. I don't know about all sports, but all sort of live or live ish events. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, the only thing I could think of that would be in any kind of danger, and it's not, and nor would it be, so I guess this is the most useless sentence you're about to hear, was the Masters. And that's just by virtue of the fact that, you know, they renew it every year, that there's no long-term oh, it's a, contract. It's an annual, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, what are they going to do? You know, are they going to punt on that after, what, 73 years? <laughs> They're going to bring it to Fox? You know, uh, let, 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 let ESPN get the whole thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't see that changing. Yeah, I, I, I no. agree with you. Okay, so um, just just because I I want to keep this podcast, I think probably under uh, forty five minutes. Let's let's go ahead and uh, you called and, the wrong guy. Then. I know, yeah. but I'm going to rein you in, even if even if it's in uh, even if it's in post production. Uh, so I, I do want to talk about NFL ratings and the. Um, uh, you, you, you have access to the same data that I have. I had pretty good access, at least in week one. Um, we, we tweeted out something similar, similar that, uh, you know, that, uh, for week one across all of the windows, across all of the networks, viewership was exactly flat at like, uh, 16.45 million, uh, viewers, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, identical to last year. And, uh, it was made up of, you know, uh, of, uh, declines at uh for for prime time on uh on monday night football and uh, nbc uh with uh with gains in the uh in the daytime windows on sunday at fox and cbs but even the uh even the nbc story is a little mixed because i think sunday night was up versus last year but thursday night was down uh yeah, versus, yeah. versus uh and so um but but it all added up to to flat year over year which is the most boring ass narrative ever, which I think we're both very happy about, uh, at least yeah. at least for the first week. Yeah, I, I thought I kind of figured in the wake of all the uh, people setting their sneakers on fire and being mad about a guy who hasn't played in three years, and uh, you know the president getting involved as he as he so often does, that there would be a, sort of a more you know performative kind of drop in the ratings, but. You know, I thought there I, would be more of a drop just because like that's yeah, the trend, because, even too. even sure. without all the other stuff. And so, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I would advise very, very cautious, cautious optimism. But I, I mean, I think the you know, that that's a that's not a bad week for the NFL. If, if in my opinion, anyway, if your opinion differs, let me know. No, I, I think I kind of went in the season thinking that it's in the trow now and that I don't see any radical downward trends. I don't think we're going to get 9% and 9% like the last two years. Uh, so I kind of figured it'll be flattish to maybe down 3 to 4%. Um, uh, and this was based mostly on just looking at the bell curve. You know, I think people forget that 2009 to 
I guess you'd say 2015 were the boom years for the NFL, and they were putting up ridiculous numbers. And what, what it's kind of fallen to now is the big numbers before that boom, which are still really big, but the way everybody's lizard brain works is that they go, well, it's just last year and it's not good, you know. And, and so I, I, I don't think anybody at the NFL should be worried about those numbers. I, I, I really liked some of the trends we saw, too. That Sunday night game was amazing. You know, I'm sitting there watching. I'm ready to turn it off when it's 17 <laughs> nothing, And obviously, Rodgers is carted off. So... Now, by, they, by the way, so I did not see the uh, for the full game, but I did see the quarter hour detail uh, up until mm-hmm. 11 p.m. And uh, there was a noticeable drop off at halftime uh, and, and, and then the, and then the grow back. So it was it was pretty funny. I mean, so people people definitely people ask this question all the time. Like when you know, when there's a game like that, do people tune out? And the answer is yes, people tune out and you can see it in the numbers. And the numbers I saw for the end of the game the viewership was almost identical to where it was at its peak before yeah. everybody left. Yeah. So it, it just bounced right back. Well, people, I mean, I think the, the, somehow the word of mouth on that kind of thing, yeah. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is about to make an incredible comeback. You better watch this. Uh, that, that is a draw. And, uh, uh, and it's good for the NFL that they have that going for them. Hopefully I, I did. I haven't and, heard the latest on his injury. And they got that. Well, that's funny because they're saying, "Well, we're not sure he's going to play this week." He's oh, he's, gonna pl- oh play. he's playing. Yeah, he's playing. If that's yeah, what what, whatever, whatever goofballs you hopped him up with uh, to get him back out on the field. And I, I don't know if you saw the uh, pre- the post game interview, but uh, he 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 seemed like he he'd been listening to uh, Hendrix's "Have You Been Experienced?" <laughs> you know, backwards in the locker room. He was he was definitely. He was definitely grooving on a different uh, channel. Uh, but I, when I started watching, when he comes back, I come back in the room. And I'm, I'm up at my parents. I was up at my parents for this weekend. Uh, we had a family reunion. And it was great because I was the youngest person there, which never happens anymore. But, you know, when the median age is about 87, rock. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I, I came back in, and my father and I were both talking. And I said, you know what? I know he's, we know he's going to win, you know, it's just a matter of watching it happen. It was almost not suspenseful. It was just, you know, almost preordained. This is what this guy does. He's superhuman. Now let's just see how it unfolds. And then it just did exactly what it did. And it was like, that is a very satisfying, not if you're a Chicago Bears fan, uh, but, uh, yeah, just, if, but just if a, particularly if you're just a casual football fan, absolutely. That's, like, that's, as, that's as good as it gets. Absolutely. Uh, so we saw that's a very encouraging thing because that suggests that the power of really good football is going to help, you know, sort of balance out a lot of the greater uh, factors that have led to people. And again, you know, like Mulvihill says at Fox all the time, it's not that they're watching less. It's just they don't, you know, the, the per minute average is going to go down when people get bored and they wander off and then they come back. And there was a plenty of reasons to wander off in the CBS early window. And the CBS early window is the highest first week early window they've had in 20 years. Yeah, 20, so, plus, plus 29%. And by the way, yeah. uh, though, and I want to get into this later with you uh, separately, but uh, uh, CBS even was plus 22% with 1849 and, and 18 mm-hmm. to 34. So, uh, you know, uh, CBS had, had a, a tremendous day 
Uh, I think all the way around. I mean, all this, like the Fox numbers were a little, I mean, they, you know, they were basically flattish with some declines yeah. in like 18 to 34. Yeah. But, I mean, CBS, yeah. that, that whole line just looked, looked, looked good. Now they, they can't, you know, they can't get the, the Patriots like that all the time, or maybe they can, no. but, uh, uh, but I, I still think there, there is reason, there's reason for optimism because unlike you, I I was thinking eight percent declines, eight or nine percent declines this year, and so even if that you know that's if if it's if it's down less than five percent, uh, uh, you know particularly in a landscape where well that's still going to be you know seventy seven of the top one hundred shows are are the NFL, yeah. uh, you know a five percent decline isn't isn't going to be meaningful to any anybody not in terms of ad revenue, uh, not in terms of what the rights fees are going to be uh, worth so. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on all that in general? Well, I, I think, um, uh, you know, like you look at the Fox number and it, it used to be my baseline for Fox, especially, but also the CBS late game for the most part. Uh, they always used to do a 15 household rating. And right. I think last year there were, there was one game that did a 15 you know pre uh, in 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 the uh, regular season and the year before was three and the year before that was 19 and the year before that, that was 20 that, so that again that's just a trend by the way i mean just yeah. anecdotally i was i was for whatever reason looking at uh, a bunch of wwe raw data uh yeah. and like going back to 2014 uh you know in 2014 35 out of 52 weeks they did more than four. They averaged over four million viewers, and then the next year it was like you know thirteen, and then you know two, and then zero, and now it's two again. I mean, so that's just a TV trend, uh, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of down. Yeah. Uh, so you, you look at the Vox game, and and right now as it stands, and there's plenty of football left, and 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 there certainly could be some World Series games that sneak in there, uh, but. In, in terms of like the games that are really going to move the needle, we're mostly talking about football. Right now, it's the twentieth most watched. So you don't have any faith that the Yankees are getting to the World Series? Is that what you just told me? It, I, it, you know, I, I'm kind of like I, I guess I've always known this because I've been a Yankees fan my whole life, but. <laughs> We're the worst fans. Yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> yes, mean, you're, you're, they're uh, like, you know what? Uh, the Mets fans are pretty bad, too, in, in case yeah, you haven't noticed. Yeah, they're insufferable, too. Uh, actually, fandom is just bad. Oh, yes, it Everybody's is. Yes, fan yes, it base is. is terrible. Yes, it uh, is. You, you go play with your kids. Uh, but uh, there's 34 games above 500, and everybody's acting like the, the, the season was for nothing. You know, you're never going to catch the Red Sox. The Red Sox are having this this unparalleled year and that is a great team uh so we can do you afraid of the a's in the one game playoff no i I, there's i don't know is does judge ever swing a bat again you know this year does uh does a weird uh, looking good in batting practice apparently Oh yeah, I haven't even. I after they went through the whole, I'll be back in three weeks to to say something that irresponsible. It's just I don't listen to anything that any comes out of there anymore. Um, but uh, you know, the, not having any pitchers really kind of bites you in the ass after a while, and then Severino's just mysteriously turned into yeah. whatever. So I, 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 but I don't feel like it's a. 
like it's a net loss. Like people are way too upset about this. Well, I, I'll tell you, I I'll tell you who it's a, I'll tell you who it's a gain for. Uh, I think uh, I'm not sure if uh, if ESPN has that wild card game or Turner, but uh, whoever get, gets the the Yankees wild card game, that's going to do well. Yes, and it's it, it would definitely at this point look like it's going to be Oakland. Um. Yeah, I'm excited. Right. I'm very, very excited for the game already. Yeah. I can't wait. So I think, like, the last two years, and this is tough because they've been seven-game series, and the the, one, the Cubs one was just out of this world. We actually had three World Series games land in the top 50. So who knows? You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it certainly puts to bed the notion that baseball is somehow completely dead and, and nobody cares about it. Um, you know, it's a local sport. What are you going to do? Yeah. But uh, I am sorry to have uh, have uh, interrupted your train of thought. Uh, where you really mentioned the Yankees was in sort of dismissing them as probably being the biggest thing on Fox this fall. So I uh, just want to steer you back to, to, to where you were going with that as far as uh, the NFL still being the, uh, the king of the hill. Yeah, it, it sort of feels like we, we have the same – conversation about this every year now it's it's like okay yeah things are down but look at it compared to everything else you know uh you you look at the the rating for the opening thursday night football game which were low and it started 45 minutes late and it was a terrible game for the most part uh so that's understandable uh it still like did quadruple the viewership that uh, all 19 of NBC's scripted shows last year did. So you just can't really, you know, if if everything on the scripted slate is barely plugging away with 4.38 million viewers, I want to say, uh, and you know, very low yeah, demo. That sounds a little high to me anymore, actually. It well, I did I did the numbers for NBC last year, and and they're inflated by This Is Us quite a bit. Um, you know, which is only one out of 19, but they, they've got stuff on the other end of the spectrum. That's, you know, it's a broadcast television network and three yeah, million la- people. Last year they had, people, they, right? had, they had the Thursday and Sunday night football. So yeah, they, they're going to, they're going to miss Thursday this year. Well, I did the, I did the foolhardy thing of, of deciding that, uh, you know, I never learned from my mistakes and I was going to do another uh, top 20 NFL games that, uh, thing. And I, I Those are popular, to, by the way. Yeah, well, I did try to game it down just by looking at what the ratings trends have been. So I didn't get too far over my skis. And, and I think that, yeah, it was the, the Packers game. I got dead to rights. I missed by a tenth in total viewers and uh, household ratings. That's around the era. Made, See, you're not, you're not adapting to the new world. You're supposed to say, I got that exactly right. Yeah, I well, that's why I'll never get my own uh, gambling show on FS1. Uh, I, I've been enjoying your coverage about that. Uh, the the idea that you know we would stop talking about it if you didn't have that awful guy on there. Um, my uh, favorite uh, thing. Is- I think I think nobody would have talked about it in the first place. I think there there's a yeah. uh, there's there's a you know there's a sports media gambling Twitter. They would have focused on it just because they're interested. Uh, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't have. There wouldn't have been anything antagonistic. I don't think about it. There would not have been any. Any. Uh, there's. I mean. So. So. So people have a lot of Schadenfreude. We're, we're talking about uh, Fox's uh, lock it in, 
and uh, which has been awful, awful in the ratings for its uh, first two days. Uh, its viewership for both days was under 50,000, which, you know, technically Nielsen doesn't even really want those numbers out there because, you know, it's yeah. system, system's not designed to, uh, you know, to really measure stuff that's, uh, that's viewed that, you know, that little. But uh, I really do believe and, 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 and strongly that if they had to put anyone else on there but Clay, uh, there, there wouldn't be schadenfreude over the ratings that, uh, that, that, that yeah. there is with clay. And as, as much as, uh, you know, I, I, it's cool to, to see the major network kick the tires on this because I think it's going to be a, a huge growth industry going forward. You know, they keep saying, uh, so I think it's a question of whether it's going to be a huge growth industry for sports TV, uh, you know, content. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I think people are out in front of their skis on that. Uh, yeah. but I think it's going to be huge, but are shows like this going to be huge uh, mm. under, under any circumstance, you know, nothing to well, do with clay. My, my thing is, it, and obviously his show's not all about sports gam- gambling, but the, the, one of the, everybody's favorite segment, bad beats is better than anything that's on TV. So, like, if you can't beat Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats, you probably shouldn't try to do a whole show. I'm, a, because, I'm with you there. I am with you. Yeah. He, it's just too good. I, I, I wrote about that yesterday and basically said, this is like a scared straight video for people who think they're going to crack the gambling code once legalized gambling comes to their state. It, it's great. It's like, no, don't get into this. This will only ruin you. It'll financial ruin. It'll it'll smash your heart, and like you said, it'll it'll make you question your faith. Uh, uh, just remarkably fun content, and uh, they they just they're so smart. You know, I sat in in production meetings with those guys, and that persona is not an extension of him. That's just that guy. He's that guy all the time, yep. which is amazing. I, I, one of the things I come away from when I when I go do uh, you know report in the field and go to tapings and stuff like that and sort of follow people around is it's amazing how much energy they have. Like I don't understand how everybody can be. I guess you get camera brain after a while, but like how do you just turn it like there's certain people who have to turn it on and off. And Van Pelt is just this gigantic. Uh, streamlined energizing energizer buddy, you know, where he's just always like at a very high level. Yeah, I, I couldn't you know, be, I be just, t- telling tales out of school, but I, you know, I told Anthony before this podcast that my, uh, that my energy was not good. And uh, you know, it's, it, it, and, and it really wasn't, but, but because of Anthony, Anthony, you lifted me up, but uh, you know, the, the comparison are those guys, right. Who can just always, always, they're, you know, they, they they have their performance energy available to them at their command. That that is a great skill to have. Yeah, that's with that's a, one of a, a ten different reasons why I would never be good on television because my energy is usually, I'll say it's maybe like twenty five percent, and then I'm I'm miserable and nobody wants to talk to me. Uh, I I don't well, you know. What, I, I what's your like, what's your energy when you're at the uh, at the sad salad bar for lunch? Uh, I have, you know, and I was going to go there after this and, uh, I, uh, 
Oh, you know what? I save it. Just... Save it. We'll save it for the end. So I got one more okay. NFL related question and then we'll, we'll close you out with the, uh, with the sad salad bar. So, um, I'm trying to think of a, of an easy way to ask this. So, you know, I, I, I get that like a viewership holds up or is even down like 5%, uh, in a world uh, for, for the NFL in a world where, you know, they're still, you know, they're, they're gaining, like they're going to go from 71 out of 100 to, you know, 80 out of 100 or something like that, even though the ratings go down a little bit. Uh, but you know, looking at the first week while viewership was flat, uh, uh overall, uh, 18 to 49 was down like 5% and 18 to 34 was down 8%. How, how much should I be paying attention to, to any of that? Even if the oldsters, the old geezers like me are, are propping up the uh, overall viewership. Well, the big thing is that most of the NFL stuff isn't negotiated so, against. I, I, so I want to, I want to, I want to disclaim something. So Anthony's going to start talking about the way that the NFL ads are sold. And uh, my disclaimer is, is that every time we do this publicly on Twitter, there's like some guy with a, you know, an ad budget of like $20,000 who chimes in and says, Oh no, we buy based on 18 to 34. Uh, so <laughs> there are different, I mean, there are differences of opinion on how these ads are sold. But your MO has always been that most of those are actually sold on household rating. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you're Verizon or Budweiser, you know, if you've got a budget, you're, you're buying household ratings. That's, that's why I always report household ratings because they're still – it's one of the very rare instances where they're still viable. It is definitely an old-school way to look at television consumption, but it does tell you something. Um, the, the bigger question is, though, you know, if the if the demos are slipping and continue to slip, that's just a function of the fact that younger people are not consuming it on linear TV. And then we have to assume that a good portion of them are going to digital. But the digital numbers right now don't really win back a lot. You know, yeah, even yeah, if we say yeah, all yeah. those, you know, 120,000 viewers who watched uh, Fox's late game on whatever digital platform they, they accessed it on were in the demo because you have to assume that, you know, it's digital. So they're younger. It still doesn't win back. That's, that's a, a drop in the bucket. So, yeah, I mean, I think the much, the much bigger concern is that people aren't shifting to watching the games via streaming. They're shifting to consuming little snippets of the games via social media or catching up on the highlights. I mean, that seems to be, the conversion among at least among young people that I'd worry about. And, and, uh, and I don't think, and by the way, the NFL is not alone in this. Uh, you know, people, people are patting the NBA on the back, but I'll tell you this, the NBA, like the NFL, it does not have any idea how to monetize that either. No, no, I, it's, you know, uh, I, I thought it was interesting. The NFL, I guess it was two weeks ago, very publicly. I want to say it was Brian Roloff. Um, had said that, you know, uh, we're going to look at every possible permutation of partner when the rights come up. Yeah, but Amazon's uh, not ready, he said. Yeah. And he's right. You know, I mean, they're just – does Google, et cetera, have the money to throw at the problem and, and, and sure. get up to speed? Sure. Uh, will they find the value in it? I don't know. Uh, but the, the NFL, they, they've said this more than once – we are, you know, we're old school. We want to reach people where they're reached, but we're all about reach. So we want to make sure there's no question that we can, you know, 
our the viewing experience will be as easy as turning on the TV and sitting back and watching. And with digital, it's just not there yet. So uh, I I would caution that there's a lot of people out there who can't get enough of banging the drum for digital, and uh, I, they're probably they're probably getting a little ahead of themselves with with any idea that somehow the the, the Googles et cetera are going to steal. Uh, a huge chunk from the NFL, maybe maybe Thursday, you know, who knows? But who knows? Who knows if how Fox does? I I very, I was very ginger in, in treating that because frankly, it's just never been a big package. CBS had a couple decent outings the first year, but um, Fox also has a much better uh, schedule, and uh, uh, they've got a huge platform to to uh, promote it with the the late national game. All right, give me give me your best uh, best sad salad bar story. Uh, I probably would have to be the other day where the guy, this guy in front of me, and he's wearing a suit, and you did, I always look at people like who are wearing suits. I guess maybe if, if your job demands that you wear a suit or whatever, but you don't. It, the last couple of weeks in New York have been horrible. Like ninety something degrees, and, and I'm, and I'm complaining to the tech. I'm, yeah, I'm complaining to the guys from Texas about heat, but uh, low humidity uh, here, though very low humidity. It does make a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like getting hit in the face with a wet diaper every time you walk outside. <laughs> uh, it's gotten better because you know it's 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 September. It's, it, it, it'll take a while for fall to kick in, but it's at least it's not as relentlessly gross. But I'm looking at this guy, and I was like, well, you know, you could at least just take your shirt your your suitcase coat off like you know and he's got the tie all the way up and he, and he asks the guy he keeps asking the guy behind the thing about power salad um which isn't on the <laughs> menu and i think he just made it up in his head or something or he got it somewhere else and he can't tell the difference between delis and the guy behind the guys behind the counter you know they they they're fluent i think but they don't i, I think if you introduce new concepts that that, that have never really I'm been not floated sure what a by power them. Salad is was that have extra yeah. kale, extra kale. Well, he what, had to he had to explain it, and to me, it just sounded like you know, like he wanted French fries and, and <laughs> steak on his salad, and they they're basically telling him he couldn't do it, and he was saying, you know, well, you've got these things here, all you have to do is toss it on a salad, and there was a whole thing about pricing and stuff, and. um He's sweating while he's doing this because it's they they they've got. The, I, I have to say the salad does sound pretty good. It yeah, I mean it sounds like something you'd eat in Pittsburgh minus the lettuce because they eat you know they put French fries on sandwiches and stuff there. Uh, but uh, he um, he was one of those uh, get the manager types. I'd like to speak with your manager type. And he's sweating and he like he just doesn't realize that he's just making a spectacular ass out of himself. And the guys behind the counter are, are trying to be reasonable. You know, they're trying to be, you know, to, to, to deal with this guy as well as they can. And finally, the, this one guy who I think is the head of the salad, he seems to be the, uh, like the Ace, Ace Rothstein of the salad. You know, he's the blueberry counter. He's the guy who, you know, he's a little taller than the other guys. And he's got like a, a better class of apron on. And uh, he comes up and he goes, nobody knows what you're talking about, buddy. And the guy's like, uh, he's like, oh, I've lived in Manhattan for 37 years. This is ridiculous. And he storms out, and they just have like this Frankenstein salad, and 
So I was like, I'm going to just take that. Whatever that is, I'll take that. So I took the guy's power salad. And I got to say, you know how what? Much, how much did they guys. charge you for that? Like, I want to know. They now. wound up charging me my regular price because I go there every single day. Um, <laughs> but the guy asked me, the guy, the, the, ace, the ace Frostein, uh, he said, come in. When you come in again, tell us how the power salad was. So I came in the next day with my shirt, like, buttoned uncomfortably low. Like, <laughs> I am an Italian-American, so I got a nice little rug there. Although now it's, it's pretty much gray, gray, so I look like a silverback gorilla. Uh, and uh, I was very noisy and energetic, and uh, I was telling them about how uh, powerful I was because of the power salad. And I was, like, flexing my gut. I just made a complete... Uh, fool out of myself, but it was worth it because the guys were cracking up at my salad bar, and they gave me a free salad that day for putting on such a fun little show. So yeah, sometimes, nice. if you just act like you're, you, you don't, you know, if you're decent to people, but you also act like you don't really care if other people think you're insane, uh, the universe will treat you with free salad. Um, uh. I, di- I did not feel particularly powerful after eating that salad. I felt it, it was almost like I ate a whole plate of gnocchi. Like it was I'm very. A, I'm, I'm going to go get some French fries. I think that's that's what's going to happen. So, uh, on the off chance that I don't have you back on for for a couple of months, what are the sports media nerdy stories that you personally will be following for the next month or two? Um, I guess I'm kind of interested now in the micro stuff, uh, the stuff that that. Uh, a lot of sports Twitter gets interested in, you know, the, the, what I, I had an opportunity to write a feature about get up and I was going to embed and, you know, for a week and do a whole behind the scenes. And I'm so glad I didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> because every once in a while I'll, I'll get really high on a show and, uh, on the entertainment side and I'll, my instincts will be in, un, you know, infallible, like sleepy hollow for Fox. I saw the cut down of that at the upfront. That was I, that, that I, lasted that lasted a few years, didn't it? Yeah, and the first year it was it was the biggest hit of of that season. And uh I you know, I grabbed the publicist afterwards. I was like I need a copy of that DVD as soon as possible, as soon as the pilots are ready. And I budgeted a trip down to uh Wilmywood, uh the Wilmington uh in Carolina there where they used to shoot uh Dawson's Creek. There's still the weird mural of Dawson's Creek down there, but it looks like everybody's got Pejoria now because it's just been <laughs> rained on. And it's like, but uh, uh, it was great, and it was the most fun I had writing a story. And I was like, "Go, oh, this is a cover story. God, please make this a success." And it was huge. And I, I did it with the Americans here, and I only had to go two blocks down from my apartment, so that worked out really well. And then sometimes I write about things like the David Schwimmer, he's a chef, and also there's a guy who does a lot of cocaine on AMC, and I don't remember even what it's called now. <laughs> and there was a whole fight about, like, oh, this should be on the cover and not Shonda Rhimes. I mean, luckily, I lost that fight. Uh, so sometimes I'm not always completely uh, straight on what is worth looking into, and I'm, I'm really glad I passed on the... Um, uh, get up thing, but I am kind of interested in because I think we went, we've gone a certain distance now, and they're they're at such comparable penetration levels. You know, why isn't FS1 
making more of a splash. Anthony, uh, this weekend uh, for NFL, what are your bets or your parlays? What are you doing? Or college, if that's where you went. Or baseball, if that's where you went. I like uh, the Jets are only a three-point favorite at home against Miami. I don't understand that. After the game they had in Detroit, they're only a three-point favorite? Take that. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I'm not going anywhere near the over on that, though, because it's 43-and-a-half. Uh, I, I, I like uh, Pittsburgh four-and-a-half against Kansas City because they'll be back at home. And Pittsburgh is like – Pittsburgh is the Kansas so you City. don't uh, you don't buy the bad performance in the rain and you're not completely sold on uh, Mahomes. No, no, I'm not. I also it's also Kansas City and uh, Pittsburgh is the Kansas City as New England is the Pittsburgh. It's just that they can't seem to ever beat them, um, and there will be an inevitable, uh, you know, b- poor time management because it's an Andy Reid game. Um, and Pittsburgh always has, like, I actually was, I didn't bet the uh, Steelers-Brown game, but I was telling anybody who would listen that I thought the Browns were going to win outright. Not because I buy into this whole, ooh, the Browns are great thing, because people are going way overboard about that. Um, <laughs> but because Pittsburgh always has two or three inexplicably horrible games they usually don't That's play true. well at all in Cleveland, even though they've won, you know, they had had won 11 in a row. Uh, they just, uh, it's just, they, they, they don't start out very good and they, it just seemed like a good idea. So it was a tie. I'm glad I didn't go anywhere near it, but uh, I, I, those two are my, my locks. I think those are the, the Jets is like a license to print money. I, I don't. Maybe I'm. I don't know. Maybe they didn't see the game I saw. I'm gonna. Or, I might. I might try the other way. I might just try betting the other way of Anthony and see which way works better. Yeah, and then we can uh, we can roast each other on the internet. Uh, so Anthony, I, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no so I was I, gonna say. I any any time you're you're particularly confident about something is when it blows up in your face. <laughs> That's, Anthony, that's Mick Murphy's law, I think. There you go. Mick Murphy, yeah, it works for me. Anthony, thanks as yeah. always uh, for joining the podcast. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Robert. Uh, it's great talking to you again. Thanks again to Kruppi for joining the podcast. We wound up uh, talking for quite a while after taping, and there were a couple of really good topics on FS1 and ESPN that aren't in the podcast, I'm going to try and coerce Anthony into coming back on within the next week or two uh, to get them on tape. And I also have a podcast with Phil Orlins, who heads up MLB production for ESPN, including Sunday Night Baseball. And uh, we talked a lot about how the game has changed and the challenges and opportunities that presents. And uh, that'll be out by uh, Tuesday, September 18th, 2018. I hope you'll give it a listen. Thanks for listening.